And I was very lonely through all this, feeling very lonely and alone. And for these really dark ones, that's what I got from them was anger and hate and loneliness and all this. And I just didn't want them to be alone either in any of this. So not knowing what to do, what I did was probably dangerous. I don't know. But I actually, I had been learning how to grab them and hold them with light and energy. And I forced, grabbed them. If they could move through time, I learned how to do that too, move through time with them so they couldn't get away and hold them. And then I pulled them into myself and I let them merge with me. I let them merge inside of me and you get memories and flashes and all this kind of stuff with you. You get the anger too and all that with it, but you have to overcome that and know that that's not the truth. The anger and the hate is the truth. And it's so I just would hold on and just hold on. It's like you're not alone, you're loved, you know, everything else. You always will be, you know, this is who you really are. And I would just hold that until it, what it felt like. You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. Always a blessing to be with you all. And please remember, if you're liking the shows, hit that subscribe button, send us a, a like if you're on the other platforms. I think there's a fire and, a, you know, there's different things. Uh, leave us a comment. Love to know uh, what you're thinking about the shows. Well, have we got a fascinating show for you today with Don Hudnall. Welcome, Don. Hey, thank you. Thank you. It's so nice to be here, Karen. <laughs> Did I say your last name right? <laughs> You did. It was perfect. <laughs> Good on you. Now, I met Don through the Wish Alliance, which is now called the Galactic Alliance. We've, uh, Sheila has changed the name of the Wish Alliance. Wish stood for or stands for walk-ins, indigo, starseeds, hybrids. But now we've, uh, or, or Sheila has included everybody and called it the Galactic Alliance. And Sheila puts on a couple of free or by donation events uh, twice a week, actually. And Don, uh, I found Don in that group and, and then heard you speak at the Wish Alliance and uh, loved what you had to say. We've got so much to explore today. You've had such an amazing experience, some amazing experiences, Don. Cool. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I love just having a conversation with someone. So thank you. You know, what I loved about what you said is uh, that it wasn't until you saw the walking conference that you knew that there were people out there like you and like with all the groups that are online, getting people together with this information, that's really the crux of what we're doing with my online group, the Inner Sanctum, where we meet a couple of times a month. And then Sheila is doing it twice a week, which is <laughs> crazy. And, uh, but mind you, I've got the show that I'm doing as well. So, yeah, if you want to check them out, you can go to thewishalliance.org, which is now called the Galactic Alliance, but I think you can still find it under the URL, thewishalliance.org. And if you want to find, uh, there's a Facebook group too. I think if you put in walk-ins, indigo, starseeds, hybrids, you'll find the group there. And also my group is called the Inner Sanctum, 
which uh, I meet once a month with a guest teacher and you get to meet somebody that I've had on the show and uh, once a month with me. And we have the Awakening Empowerment Network Facebook group where people, all sorts of people share their shows, everybody's sharing stuff. So you're welcome to join there. It's, you know, it's all open. You can just join. You don't need to be approved and um, meet some people in there. All right. Let me tell you a little bit about Don. He sent me his um, bio here. So Don, you've had many psychic and spiritual experience since you were a child. A scientist by trade with a degree in toxicology, Don started his professional career by investigating uncontrolled hazardous waste sites for the US government's Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, followed by a job in Environmental Health and Safety Department at Bell Helicopter Textron. So you did you fly helicopters? Oh, no, 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 no. I worked in the corporate department just trying to keep people safe from chemicals, radiation, asbestos, things like that. Oh, cool. Did you go up in them? I love helicopters. Did you go up in them a lot? Not a lot. Uh, I did get a tour in one of them once, but I did get to see them all built from ground up, uh, testing. Other pilots went through training, even the um, tilt rotors. And you've seen that on like the Transformer movies when the blades go forward and backwards. Mm -hmm. We built those as well. Yeah. Ah, oh, flight has always amazed me. I was in a helicopter recently when I was away at Uluru. My friend wouldn't come with me. She said it was too scary. But I loved being up in the air. And I was chatting to the helicopter guy about, you know, the cost of running them. And he said, it's not the petrol so much because petrol's so out of control, at, you know, price at the moment. He says it's the parts because the parts break yeah. really easily and they keep having mm -hmm. to replace the parts, which was interesting. Yeah, but I think that, anyway, we could advance that technology. Like even in the movie Avatar, you know, those helicopters in the movie Avatar, those, fly, yeah, anyway. Let me finish your bio. <laughs> Spiritual in nature. Don has memories from before you were born, before you were born, and as a walk-in experience during puberty, his psychic abilities from birth made him feel crazy and alone in the dark until the third quarter of 2019 when voices in his head, his intuition, forced him to begin sharing his experiences on video, leading him to discover that he is not alone with this with stuff, with his experiences and his knowings. And as I said, you found the walk-in conference and found a bit of a group through Sheila Seppi's Wish Alliance. And you've got a book on Amazon called A Starseed Lost in the Dark. And you're starting to share, well, you're sharing your experiences on your BitChute channel, which is called Just Me, but it's bitchute.com slash Don Hudnall. All right, darling. Well, let's 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 talk about how you remembered stuff before you were born. Like, where do you want to start? How did you remember stuff before you were born? Um, I kind of always remembered it. There was about, I think on my video side, I'd say two years old, but it was probably more like four to five years old. And I specifically remember walking down the street or the boulevard and it's like, I'm starting to forget some of this stuff. And I literally forced myself to remember every single day going step by step, every sentence, every color, every vision, every single day. And I had to do that for months. And that was at four years old to try to force myself to remember. And I still forgot so, so very much. Um, but I forced myself and I knew even at that time by that you're supposed to forget. Forgetting is normal. And I just knew that by doing this, I wouldn't be normal. I didn't know what my life really held. But because of that, but I forced myself to remember. What did you remember? 
Um, it's not as much as you would think because I forgot so much, but I do remember sitting in almost like a classroom setting with, say, 30 other beings around. We were reaching into this world here. It was almost like reaching into a holographic, through a holographic screen into this world, touching people and making suggestions. And it made a ripple around that person to where that suggestion made such an impact, even the small ones, to where it rippled out and touched a second person and then a third person. And that's what we did. The thing is, we were doing this through intuition. It wasn't that we were so smart that we were new. It was almost like we weren't self-aware. And then I started becoming self-aware of my own being, my own identity self. And my changes got bigger and bigger and it started causing problems. And then this being that was overseeing the whole thing shut my station down and telepathically told me to leave the room, go somewhere. And by going to this location, I passed two guards and you're never supposed to go past these guards. Do not go through this door. And I had to, I was told to. And as I approached these guards, looked at me and smiled. And that never happens. It totally freaked me out. And I figured a little bit more about just recently in the last few months about that. But what it was is I went into a room and the only way I could remember it as a small child was there was an overseer type of being there. And it was like a book on a pedestal. And that's the only way I could think of this. I didn't know anything about portals or anything like a portal to earth or anything like this. So I could only picture it as a book. And it was like transparent pages with glowing gold letters on it, on um, front and back. And even as you put one page on top of the other, the whole meaning of the words changed. And it was like looking into Earth's history, everything about Earth, everything about the people here. You could see the entire history from beginning to end of everything here on Earth. And I'm like, this is a thick book. I'm toward the end of things happening on Earth, and there's a lot of pages left. So I kept flipping. And it was a beautiful people, glowing light beings, so perfection, just perfect the way things were supposed to be. And then this overseer comes in and flips the book back. It's like, you can't go there. You've got to go over here and live one of these lives where people imperfect, they're born, they die, and live a life. You have to choose from here. And then I wanted to choose a little further down the timeline to where we are now. And I, the more I looked at a particular life, the more I got pulled into it and into my mother's womb and became me. And that's all that I could remember. Nothing else. Wow. Well, that's pretty cool. Uh, what, what I was going to say is you remember choosing one life, but you were probably choosing more than one life. Like you were looking through all time and space. I talk about this all the time. When, you know, when we insert ourselves into the earth experience, we do so through all time and space. But you remember inserting yourself into this life, into this timeline, but you don't remember like playing with the past or the future. Like the I honestly don't. And th this is going to be a little odd, um, really odd, because I do hear starseeds talking about reincarnation, going through multiple lives. For me, the odd thing is this feels like my first time. Like I didn't live all these other lives. This is my first time here. And even through my videos, sometimes I talk about it, it's like it almost feels like I'm a baby. And then later on in my videos, like I feel like a baby just beginning to open his eyes. And it's like I'm I'm such a child that I don't know what I'm doing. Um, so it feels like my first time and I'm just a, a baby still, a child. Oh, that's so interesting. Well, I'm asking the mob, my guides, the guides, and uh, they're saying not the first time for your soul, for your group soul, but the first time for the aspect of you that walked in 
that's here. So, yeah, you've had other lives on earth, but there are different aspects, like different aspects of your soul. That That's what they're saying. But the the aspect that is present and talking you know, like talking through us right now, yeah, first time for, for that aspect. Because we're bigger than just one entity, you know, one soul. Like we're everywhere. So, yeah. And, Unicorn, that makes sense because I do have some odd memories that shouldn't belong to me about other people here on earth. And maybe that has something to do with it, but I've been so hidden all my life. I've never been regressed. I've never done hypnotherapy. Mm-hmm. I've never done anything like that. So I have no clue. Ooh, well, that'd be good. We've got to get you, get, get you doing some hypnotherapy. <laughs> find, out, find out more. Well, you know, the thing about hypnotherapy is that it just, you know, it accesses, you can access the Akashic, the Akashic field, uh, the quantum unified field, but you can actually do it yourself in, in meditation. Um, it's just that with hypnotherapy, you've got someone focusing you because as the human mind is so scattered that we kind of start to focus and then we start thinking about what's for dinner, you know, oh, I've got to <laughs> you know, and when you've got someone that's helping focus you and keeping you, yeah, it just really helps. All right. So uh, what happened as a child? What were the experiences that you were having, your psychic experiences? We lived in a haunted house as a child when I was younger, taught single digit age. We actually lived in a haunted house. It didn't have a history of anything that we knew of before we moved in. Only one owner, a doctor and his wife, no children. After we moved in, weird things started happening. Objects would move around the house. Um, my mom even describes the doorknob turning and she's looking at inside and outside and just turning by itself. Um, one time the gas furnace under the house got a leak and it filled the house with gas about to explode. And then she hears one of uh, her children crying and nobody's awake or crying, but it's someone kind of protecting us almost. And she got up and we're able to cut it off and be saved. Um, I saw dark entities out the window. I don't know what they were, but entities out the window. One time it felt like I was pushed off the top of the bunk bed and something caught me and held me in midair, flipped me around and set me on my feet. Um, Things like that happened. Oh, and one thing I did not talk about on Sheila's, the other thing, because this is my only second time ever to talk about any of this to anybody other than my videos. But one time I was really sick at Christmas and I walked into the living room and I saw little toy train tracks floating across the room and putting themselves together on the kitchen table. And then apples and oranges appearing midair and floating and putting down a little fake cardboard fireplace in little piles. The next day, my parents admitted that they bought the train track, but they didn't put it together. And they had no idea where the apples and oranges came from at all. It was They were shocked, a little scared, thought the house had been broken into, um, but nothing was taken. Stuff was added. So it was, things were interesting. Well, interesting. <laughs> very, very interesting to say the least. Yeah. The, when you were, okay, so how old were you when this was happening? Uh, how old? Uh, between four, five. That I can remember that four. We probably stayed there till maybe I was six or 10, maybe yeah. uh, so long ago, somewhere yeah. around there. We were there for years. So as you were experiencing this phenomena happening, were you getting any sense? Like, what were you thinking as a child? Were you getting any sense of who it was, what it was? Like what the only sense, like um, there were several things. Mm-hmm. I did get a feeling that there were these 
other entities out there that really didn't like me so much that were outside the house, but they couldn't get in. Then there was this uh, second set of entities inside the house protecting us. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like a clash or a barrier doing something there. There was also a, another thing that had been happening quite often. Um, several times, many, many times, I'd be laying on the bed uh, at night and it would be like floating through the bed, through the roof and up and out. I don't call that astral travel. I don't know what it was, but I remember floating up and out and just being up there, not knowing what to do. And I barely remember a few times. It's almost like there were other beings there with me. And the direct impression I got was it's like being, it's like going to the dentist. It's not fun now, but it will help you in the future. And I only remember that happening a few times that, that memory, the floating was often, but that memory of other beings there was only a few times that I could remember. But for me as a child, there were so many weird things happening anyway. This is normal. This is absolutely normal, floating through the roof and all that. This is just part of growing up human. I didn't know any better. I mean, I was so a child. I just didn't know better. So you just go along with it. And so, uh, weird things always happen. <laughs> weird things always happen. Uh, well, I guess, like you say, they weren't weird to you when they were happening, which is which is, which is, is how it is, really. When you start to explain your experiences, I find the same. At the time they're happening, it feels completely normal. It doesn't feel weird, you know, it just, to me either. You know, anyway, but the beings, you keep saying beings. What did they look like, the beings? Outside the window, um, I never really knew how to describe it, but the ones outside the window were about three to four foot tall, floating off the ground because the house was pure and beam off the ground. Uh, so they were floating off the ground. And at the time, I could only remember like, it was like brown fur, but it could be like moving hair and water or shifting shadows for a body. The face, I could not describe the face, but there were glowing red eyes. And that's all I remember for the ones outside the window. Um, so it wasn't what people describe as Arcturians or Pleiades or Lyrans or anything like that. And I never understood anything like that until Linda Moulton Howell talked about an experience with a military guy. And she said this being was three to four feet tall floating off the ground. I mean, I was so freaked out the first time that my dad, I got my dad out of bed and forced him to look for footprints and, you know, <laughs> Uh, to go out and I mean it was something there I mean I know it was because it, it was almost like I was trying to be paralyzed and a lot of most of the time I always thought maybe it was just a night terror but I was able to sit up and turn around look through the window and stare at it directly in the face but I still couldn't make out facial features so I don't know exactly what about the beings in the memories that you had before you you know were incarnated where you were um, in a group of people looking into the earth experience like who was surrounding you what what shapes what colors what did they look like no one's ever asked that before <laughs> um for us the walls were white everything was white we in the chairs were dressed in all white almost just everything was white everything um except for the being up front. Um, it was almost like tall, slender, and gray. Um, and honestly, if I tried to describe facial features as an alien, this or that, I, I'm afraid that my current knowledge of what I've learned would influence that because I never had that before. It was just this being tall, thin, and gray. And 
that's all. I couldn't tell you a facial without trying to overlap some common knowledge memories. Yeah, that's why, yeah, hypnosis would help. Well, okay, when I asked the question, before I asked you the question, I got that exact being, a tall, slender, grey-looking being, not necessarily grey skin, but grey-looking being. Yeah, just that tall, slender, hairless body shape. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hairless, yeah. Mm, Yeah. Not necessarily big head, like more sort of, yeah. Yeah, that's what I get. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So You're right on it. <laughs> <laughs> the tall grays. Yeah, you're one of them, baby, one of them. Okay, what else happened? <laughs> Let's talk about the walking experience. You said you were in, in your your puberty. So how old were you, about 13, 14? More like uh, 14, 15, probably around there, 14 to 16, somewhere around there. I don't remember exactly. I mean, I'm almost 59 now, so it's kind of. Ooh, that's far back. <laughs> it's, a, it's a while ago. So ha- what happened? I was going through a real suicidal depression. I mean, we were in a very small town. We had moved there, logging community, 1,500 people for the entire town. No traffic lights. The town shut down on Wednesdays just because there's not enough people. A post office shut down. Everything shut down. And part of the problem was this telepathy part because I was hearing in people's heads and not hearing. For me, even on my videos, I say telepathy shrug because I don't hear words. It's all pictures. I get pictures and concepts. I don't get words. And that had been happening since I was a very small child. When I mentioned the haunted house, it was happening there. And I always thought that as I grew up, maybe it's an adult thing, that adults are so good at this that they're hiding all this stuff until you reach a certain age, become go through puberty, you know, and then they'll tell you about it. So I waited. You know, and I just kept waiting and I kept waiting and it never happened. And there were some things that happened, um, other things that happened to where one day I finally ended up just laying in bed, screaming to my mother in her head and she couldn't hear me. I was just screaming. And anyway, it didn't work. And that's when I realized that I was different. Um, She couldn't hear me. And that's when I started realizing it's not common with everybody. And that was part of the getting a grip. There was also a little bit of, I think, trauma that happened before that that also added to all of this. But as a result of that, my memory is fragmented. I think a near-death experience happened then as well. But my memory is so fragmented, I can't remember exactly what happened. Um, I think maybe in my subconscious it's still there, but I haven't gone there. And I think that's part of it um, that led to it. It's still stuck there and it came out. Part of it, I felt like I was going insane with all the um, empathic stuff and the telepathy stuff. I even asked my mother one time, I said, I think I need to go to a psychiatrist. You know, something's wrong. And she sternly told me, you will never, ever do that. You will never do that. Because if you grow up, have children, you'll lose in a court case. And so she forced us never to do that. Um, so that was not an option. So I went to the local preacher, um, because there wasn't anybody else I could talk to. And we were doing church and the kids at the time with family and things like that. So the local preacher there, I went and talked to him in private and tried to explain a little bit of this. And what it came down to was he told me that I was the thing wrong with the world. 
And that did not go over well. He was my last hope. And when I came home after that, um, my parents actually, when I walked in the door, they thought he had sexually abused me. And I told them, no, it was something else. I couldn't even tell them what it was. It was something else. And I was so upset. There was nowhere I could go, nowhere I could turn to. People were going to kill me. Everybody's going to kill me. That's what they wanted to do and that kind of thing. So there was nowhere I could go. I tried. It became so dark. I even packed a bag right after that same day, right when that happened, to run away from home. There's got to be something out there. My parents were nice people. They're kind and everything. But I was in such a dark place. And they said, they caught me at the front door. Where are you going to go? You know, trying to be parents and be nice and understanding. But I was in such a dark place at the time. I heard it as, where are you going to go? Kind of like, if you go anywhere, people are going to kill you. You, there's no way, nowhere you can go. You're alone. There is nowhere you can go. So I went back to my bed and just laid down and decided I knew how to astral travel at that time. It was something I just picked up, just knew how to do. And I told the universe laying down there, I'm done. I won't be a mistake here anymore. Um, I'm done here. Use this body, do whatever you want. I don't care. I'm done. And I astral traveled out, never planned on coming back. I don't know where I'm going to go, but I'm not coming back here. And then something happened, and that's when the walk-in happened. Oh, gosh, Don. You know, I think that you're talking about every sensitive teenager that doesn't understand who they are in this world. Because um, apart from being galactic beings and starseeds and hybrids and all that sort of stuff, we're spirit. You know, we don't belong in this world. We belong in another realm. And, and highly sensitive kids, oh, God, they kind of know that. They, they feel the density of this world. They feel all the fear and they understand on a knowing level that it's not who they are, but they just don't know how to get out of it. Yeah. That was it. And, and you're the only resource to many teens, well, many people that feel this, many sensitives, is just to leave, you know, leave the body. But there is a way out. Yeah, there is a way out. So, wow, okay. What happened when the walk-in came? Like, what did it, what did you experience? It was, I'm out of my body. I'm gone. And then it was like something, it, it was, do you know that feeling of like a the first really crisp fall, autumn day? And it feels like the air is so clean and so clear and you can just inhale life almost just because it's so beautiful. It was like that. It was like clear and cool and crisp, and it just poured in like water. And it, it was odd. And everything changed. Everything changed. I mean, the colors lit up. I saw life in everything and reality and the rocks and everything. And the first breath I took, it was like I'd never breathed this air before. It was brand new air. I had never breathed it before. Even get up, getting up to walk, it was like I'd never taken a step before. Um, even my mom walking down the hall, it's just like, this is all new. This is brand new. My mom asked me to cut a lemon and I didn't know how to cut a lemon. And she handed me the knife and like, this is how you do it. I'm just like, why am I destroying this object? I mean, what's going to happen? And I cut it and it's like, it's still called a lemon. There are two of them now. And I was confused. Um, it took several months, three to four months for me to really get a grip and almost come back to normal a little bit. The thing I learned is I didn't have immediate access to my past memories. 
I had to search for them. I mean, I literally had to stop and go really search my memories. Like what, how do I get on a bus or walk to school? What am I doing? What am I supposed to do? Um, and I had to really search my memory. So I hear some walk-ins forget completely, but I didn't forget completely. So I thought, well, my first part must still be here, but there's something else that happened. Um, but that's what it was like. And maybe it was lonely, but I started talking to everything. I started talking to trees. I started talking to the weather, the sky. I talked to every single thing around. And some of it started responding, um, physically responding. And I found that to be interesting and odd, but I couldn't explain it. Um, much, much later, it's kind of odd while I'm still alone and doing my videos and my video site. At one point, my mom asked, I, I started opening up to my mother. I kept all this secret. So I finally started opening up little by little, small pieces. And I finally told her about this little walking experience. And she said, I think I know what came into you. It's like your uncle or something. I'm like, no, I know what it was. I said, it was like a higher version of myself. It's like, I'm still me. And I tried to explain that to her, but I still didn't understand it myself because I have never heard about star seeds or walk-ins or anybody else even telepathic like me. I didn't, it wasn't there, but I just knew this. And when the walk-in conference, I'm like, wow, I can't believe I actually recorded it, proving it to myself. And honestly, that's the only way I could have believed it with a scientific background and being science on my life is doing these videos, recording it years before that walk-in conference and hearing all of this and getting confirmation of everything that happened to me. It's like, I've got it recorded on video. I'm proving it to myself and that it was all real. Um, so that's kind of what it was like. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you had to, you, you, yeah, you had, it was almost like, it was almost like you had some sort of amnesic experience. Like you don't, didn't have access to memories like yeah so doctors would call it amnesia i suppose but uh but the memories were there you just had to find them you just had to access right. them yeah yeah and okay with your parents were they oh, they sound like lovely people but do you think they were you know on board with what you were going through do you think that they're tell us about your parents <laughs> dad uh, was previously a banker dad still doesn't believe in any of this no very much against it you're and I tried to explain a couple of times, like, no, you're just like everybody else. You're putting one pants leg on at the same, just like everybody else, one pants leg at a time. You're not any different than anybody else. That's dad. I mean, he's very much in the physical world, very much. Mom, on the other hand, is very social, socialite. If I gave her a totem animal, it would be a butterfly. Yeah, she's all over the place. She loves being social, you know, um, you know really decorative, and it's wonderful. Um, but also at the young age, that's not what they weren't into any of this. Even the small towns we lived in, there were no books like this. There was no internet, no cell phones, you know, no personal computers. None of this was out there. And mom wouldn't talk about any of this as if any of it was real. So I couldn't talk to them about anything. And it's only been the last couple of years that I've started opening up to mom a little more and a little more. And now she's relaying some of her experiences that are just like this. And then I remember back to my grandmother talking about how she would float through the roof and go flying at night. And then just a couple of months ago, my mother, um, 
our family history from her side goes through uh, Clan McLeod in Scotland on the Isle of Skye. In her last trip there, um, she met some people on a ferry, a couple of guys, and she actually opened up about a couple of her experiences to the, the Clan McLeod people. And she's like, I, I don't know why this happened. It's just so weird. And they both put their hands on hers and said, that's because you're one of us. And it's like, oh, wow. She just told me that a couple of months ago. I don't even have it on video. But so she's opening up more and more about her experiences. Um, so it's like, okay, I guess that's where I get it from is through that bloodline over there. Yeah. I think that, you know, as star seeds, when we're choosing parents, we are choosing parents that have the opportunity, ability to awaken to who they are as star seeds. Often it doesn't happen because we get so seduced into the third dimensional reality of what it is to be human make money pay the bills you know drink a lot of alcohol whatever whatever it is <laughs> but uh people just you know many star seeds don't awaken they just don't remember when they have an opportunity to but uh, as people like you who do awaken it's it's an opportunity for your family to awaken as well like uh, as you start to share your experiences it's an opportunity for her to remember too. And grandma. Yeah. Yeah. I think she is. Wow. That's amazing. So your mom, your mom's still alive. How old is she? I think she had you young, right? Uh, she had me probably when she was 18. Wow. Mm -hmm. About 18. Mm -hmm. okay. Right off the bat. And uh, I have three siblings one year apart. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so if I'm almost 60, she's about 78, 70 seven something like that yeah she's relatively young still mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and dad is he still around he's still around yeah mm -hmm. but uh he doesn't do much anything he likes watching his television programs in his recliner <laughs> right and that's how we but, stay uh, asleep you know sitting and in front actually of... go on. i've been working on him for a while lately and he is coming around to open his mind a little bit in these later years okay uh even to the point where Cup, I think it was a couple of Christmases ago, I did something that I put on the, my videos and people disagreed with it, but he offered me, gave me a lot of money for Christmas. And I told money is his thing, being a past banker, money is yeah. his thing. And I'm like, yeah. no, I don't want it. I, what I'd rather, can I trade this in with you? I just want a hug every time I see you for the forever, for the entire year at least. Every time I see you, I must have a hug, whether we argue or fight or whatever, I must have a hug from you no matter what. And that started a big change. And oh, it's been really nice. You're making me cry. <laughs> it's worked. He, and he, he, he has a trouble walking too, needs a walker a little bit. And one time I left without a hug and he chased down the driveway to get his hug. <laughs> and I thought that was amazing. So it's actually a good thing, I think. Oh, I'm a mess now. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about, can't cry on camera. I've got mascara on. <laughs> it's true. Though. I, end, I end up with panda eyes. Um, oh, that's so sweet. That's what it's all about. That's why we're here. I had a session with someone yesterday. I mean, I was giving a session and um, I often learn from my sessions because I'm channeling the whole time, even though it doesn't look like I'm channeling. And Jesus was talking about love and what we're doing on this planet. And they were, they, were, they were talking about, you know, what we're exploring here on this planet is love and fear. On other planets, on high, higher dimensional, higher civilizations, they, they've got the unity thing. They've got the, the love thing. They're not exploring, 
you know, what it is to be loving and, and what it is to hate and love. They've done that. They understand the unity of all things that then we all come from pure positive energy and that we're all love. But here on earth, we, we don't. And that's, yeah, that's the game. That's the sort of, that's the show here. We're exploring all aspects of love, what it feels like to feel unloved, what it feels like to return to love. Yeah. So interesting what was coming through yesterday. It was beautiful. Awesome. Okay, protection. So you said a couple of times that you felt protected when you're in the house as a kid. What and who do you think is protecting you? Honestly, I don't know. Um, when I did my videos, before I knew anything about star seeds or anything, I there were there was a video I did called The Choice, and it was almost like dark light, positive, negative. I even said angels and demons. I didn't use extraterrestrials or anything like that because I just don't know how to describe it. Um, it's two different facets. And I even talk to this these all the time throughout my life, you know, driving down the road. You know, I may just be talking to the air, to this or that. And sometimes if I get real angry, I almost get other impressions with anger and hate and violence that want to talk to me like that. And it's just like, you know, I'm here just listening to all of it. Um, so I don't know what what it is exactly, but um, but it seemed like there were opposites. And I know this is a world of duality and all this kind of stuff. And the impression I get is that this dark part is required to be here in order for this world to exist in this duality. And that's the only impression I got. And um, what was it, uh, August of 2020, around there, things came to a head. And I even put on video, it was a very emotional video I did talking about the choice. These two groups of entities showed up on my bedroom. The darker ones were like shadows moving in my room, dimming lights as they moved in front of it. The other ones were so much of a positive feeling, almost like... <laughs> a little glowing light with gold sparkles in it. It was almost like that two opposites trying to force me to make a choice between them. Which one do I choose this one or this one? And it ended up eventually with the choice being is I don't choose either one. I chose this higher source, this higher conscious. I don't like calling it God because that seems too limiting. Um, honestly. And after the religious experience as a teenager with the preacher telling me that I don't like those terms because it's so limiting. It, this is so much bigger. Um, so I call it source, you know, consciousness, whatever it is. That's what I chose, not these two groups. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. You got it, honey one. Yeah, I was asking, because uh, I was listening to you this morning on the Wish Alliance before we came on and you were talking about protection. I was talking to the mob and uh, asking, you know, about your angelic team, because all humans have, have an angelic, you know, team that are helping them as we navigate this third dimensional experience. And I said, was it his angels protecting him? And um, they said, yes and no, because of where you come from, um, the group that you come from, which is an incarnated galactic group, you know, they have the ability to help you out in your human experience as well. And so the angelic team can sort of step back and let this other group help you. But if they need help in helping you, they'll help them help you. And I was like having this chat with the mob this morning. I'm going, 
Oh, yeah, cool. Because when you're a soul incarnated into whatever experience, whether it's a galactic or a human experience, and you've you reach out to help another, you know, that's that's kind of what we're all doing here. Like that's a lot of what the galactic that's their intention. Like here on earth, we're just learning about love. But in other higher civilizations, we're learning about how to help other civilizations. You know, they're yeah. So the angels said that they don't necessarily interfere if they don't have to. Yeah. Awesome. So, that is yeah. that's a, I never thought of it like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's what I was saying this morning. I love it. Well, okay, so something happened to you in 2020, the the download, not the download. Do you want to tell us about that? I was in my shower, and I still don't know anything about star seeds or walk-ins or other psychic people. I am still, I've seen one video on YouTube at this point, about three or four days before, there's a person with psychic abilities, and I realized I'm not alone for the very first time. It's like, I am not alone. And that seemed to open something up, open a door of getting rid of this loneliness that I'm the only person here like this. And I was alone at home, taking a shower. And then the universe just opened up. Everything just opened up. And I grabbed the handrail as I collapsed in the shower onto the shower floor because I started getting these images of people all around the earth with all these different emotions at the same time. And I'm getting all the emotions, everything. And I start crying and it's not coming out of my nose. I can't hardly breathe because it's just so much. I can barely breathe. Um, I'm also getting learning to forgive everyone for everything across time. I'm just realizing that all these people I'm seeing, they're just like different versions of me. Like I'm just like them. I'm human. I am just like them. I'm just like every person here. I'm capable of everything that every person has ever done. Every murderer, every saint, every Neanderthal. I am capable of all that because I'm human. And then I had to forgive all of that within myself. It's like, I have all that within me, whether it's in the blood or genetics or whatever, all this is within me and I have to forgive myself. And that's hitting at the same time. And then I'm also get, seeing waves of light moving through space as consciousness and I am clueless. <laughs> just like, what? it was just so much like that. And I ended up just, just shaking, barely able to crawl out of the bathroom and stuff like that happening and going lying on the bed till my wife got home and she catches me at home with my arms wrapped around me like this in the recliner. It's just like, what is happening? And I, I tell my wife everything. She's the only person that's ever known about all of this part of me. Um, we met in the seventh grade, ended up getting married. So she knows everything from before the walk-in to what happened. Um, even my eyes changed color during the walk-in. It was weird. But she knows about all of this part of me and accepts it. So I told her and she went out and got me some comfort food and <laughs> came back and she is wonderful. <laughs> but I totally lose track. <laughs> so Karen, where were we? I, I completely lost track of everything. <laughs> yeah. I think. Um, where were we? We're working download 2020 download. Oh, the download. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, one thing that had been happening for all my life also is I don't know if it's a type of remote viewing, but looking at a flat surface, I would, I've since college, it started in college. The first time it happened, looking at a flat surface, I would see reality out there, things in other parts of the world that were happening. And I don't know that I want to go into that one because it was pretty dark. It's really dark. But what I saw in that bar in college actually happened, and I read it in the newspaper the next day. 
And I reached out telepathically through this wall to this young girl. She heard me and it was reported in the newspaper what I was you know, trying to talk to her in her head. And she was screaming about voices in her head and it just went negative. That was really a, a turning point for me to start denying everything because I felt guilty because of that experience. Like I tried to help. I wanted to help her so much and it didn't help. It made things worse. But I see through this wall and as part of that experience, I put up a landscape barrier. So every time I see a flat surface, I would just see a landscape. Um, and it, it helped me a lot. Okay, hang on. I'm a bit confused. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, all right. So we've had you in the shower. You've collapsed in the shower. You started to see everything. Now, what's happening with the girl in the bar? Were you still in the shower? Sorry, I was just trying. No, I was just trying to explain uh, this seeing through walls part. What happened okay. in the shower with that is I put a landscape barrier up. I lived like that since college. Every flat but surface I'm seeing through and I see a landscape barrier. But in the shower, what also happened, it shattered those barriers. My protective landscape barriers the universe opened up so much, it shattered my okay, landscape okay. barriers. All right. So that's what I was trying to get to. When you were younger, every time you looked at a flat surface, you could actually see through it. So you created a screen mm -hmm. to not to do not do that because it freaked you out a bit. That's correct. So what how, what's this girl in the bar? I don't understand where that fits in. Were you in a That's where it first happened. You were I was sitting in at a bar. bar. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. How old were you when I that was, happened? College days, so probably uh, uh, 1920. You were sitting in a bar. Uh, mm -hmm. With some friends. I had a beer, and they went up to get other beer. I'm at the, do you really want to, it's dark. I don't know if you want me to talk about it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, You. so you okay. looked through, you looked at a flat surface, and you could see through the wall, and you saw. Yeah, there was, to my left, there's yeah. a half wall between me and the bar. There's mm -hmm. a couple sitting at a table there. Past okay. the couple, I'm like, I am seeing a young girl through this wall, mm -hmm. um, auburn hair on the sidewalk. There's a person behind her grass on, you know, next to a road. And I'm seeing this young girl. I'm like, is that a picture? That's a, my first impression was this is a photograph on a wall. Okay. And then it moved. And I'm like, this is not a photograph. I'm like, why aren't these people seeing this? The people sitting next to that wall are not seeing this. I'm like, what is happening? And then I see her just screaming and things like that. And she starts pouring gasoline on herself. Oh, wow. And I read, I'm like, I'm crazy already with telepathy and all this. And mm -hmm. I'm going to try reaching through this wall with telepathy and tell her, please don't do this. Everything's going to be okay. Please just don't do this. Mm -hmm. And then she starts screaming more and yelling about voices in her head. She can hear these voices in her head. They're so loud. And then she lights the match and catches fire and I get to watch it. Oh, uh, wow. And then the next day I go into the student union and I read in the paper um, that that happened at the exact same time. The same girl, same description, and said she was screaming about hearing loud voices in her head. And I'm like, oh. that's exactly what I saw. And that's when it started. And that's then it just continued. You, that's when you put up the screen. That's, that's when, when I started denying as much as I could. It never, okay. none of this ever stopped. Okay. But I felt so guilty over that, that I definitely refused to talk to anybody about it because right. uh, I was guilty. Um, and that's the way I felt for forever. Yeah, well, you weren't guilty of anything really except for trying to help somebody. The thing about it is that when you try and help someone, they can accept it or not accept it, whether it's a voice in their head or not, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. That's free will. That's free will. 
So, That's where it started. So in the bathroom, when all that happened in the bathroom, it shattered my barriers. I had used those to protect myself from yes. all this that's out there. And it shattered those walls. I didn't know it shattered the walls mm -hmm. until I got out of the shower. Um, I left the house in my truck and now roads are flat. So I always see through the roads, the landscape barriers right out of my driveway. I start seeing reality through the roads and getting the emotions at the same time of every person I'm seeing. And I recorded a video live as it's happening. I'm like, oh my God, freaking out, just freaking out. It took probably three to four days for me to get a grip because I could only handle being out of the house for about two hours maximum because there was so much emotion hitting me. Um, and my wife knew this and helped me out a lot with that. Um, but after three or four days, I started getting it under control and being able to handle it better, but it took a while. And I thought maybe I had a stroke. Um, but the lucky thing with me is that I record videos and I was recording videos every single day and I could tell that I was not slurring words. My memory was still fine. I could still write fine and I could prove that to myself by rewatching the videos. It's like, I'm not slurring words. Um, this wasn't a stroke. So how did you navigate that? Because that was only a couple of years ago. How did you navigate the walls coming down and you having this greater access greater awareness what did you do well the what the, the reason i kept the walls up this whole time no, no but what did you do when the walls came down like during the shower and, and like how are you navigating that where this you've now got this greater awareness um it was difficult it was very very hard um when that happened um it was so much emotion coming through so much hitting mm -hmm. me mm -hmm. that I sat in my recliner for about three days. Mm -hmm. Now, at this time, I'm still going through um, radiation therapy for cancer. Oh, wow. uh, So I was doing that at the same time. Okay. So I had to go out and do that every day, uh, go out. So I had to go out every day, but that's all I could handle was go do oh, that wow. and come back and to get in the recliner and just literally do this. It's like I'm trying to hold myself together for all these emotions coming in. Oh, wow. I just, I just asked the mob. He had cancer. Why did he have cancer? And they said, because he built the walls. Very possibly the walls from my protective device, but they also kept me from learning anything new. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I went, right. And then he said, that's why the walls needed to come down. Yep. Uh, listening to your story, Don, uh, sounds so similar to when I was expanding my psychic abilities, but I was doing it deliberately, like with awareness. When I was in my 30s, I had so much awareness that going outside, I just going to the supermarket was just crazy. I could feel everyone's thoughts, but not just the people in the supermarket. I would look at a shelf full of advertising and I could see all the executives making decisions about what color to pick. The, you know, I, it was just crazy what was going on. And often I would drop my basket and run home and just do what you <laughs> just rock in a corner going, I'm never going out again. <laughs> exactly i just <laughs> give me ice cream <laughs> yeah ice cream <laughs> yeah the supermarket was hell um but you know it took me years to navigate that and and what the guide said is that i had to clean up my own emotions because you're only available to what you're a match to so if you're in a frustrated angry critical state you're going to be available to all that right but if you're in a happy joyous loving peaceful state then you're going to be available to that so your vibe attracts, you know, your vibe, your thoughts attract. So, uh, yeah, so I spent a lot of time doing some personal growth courses and cleaning up my own 
thoughts because the awareness was crazy. Yeah. You know, I love that you use that uh, example of a grocery store because even in my videos, that's the example I use is a really? grocery store. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that's one of the ones it's just like every time you see a person, you know, walking in there, it's just like, wham, wham. Right. So it's just like, so that's one of the actually grocery store. I think that's kind of neat. <laughs> so how did you navigate it? How did you sort of, how are you coping with all that awareness? Are you still having that much awareness now or have you sort of brought it in or have you shifted your vibration? What are you doing? Uh, well, it's all positive stuff kind of seeing through the walls it still happens um and it's more than that it used to just be flat surfaces now it's all the time on everything it's just a feeling all the time and it's like i've been becoming more part of everything um it's weird and i'm just hoping i don't wind up on more medication or anything so you know, I, I have medication for the cancer stuff but no more please <laughs> but um Things still happen to this day. Um, even just uh, last week, uh, last video I recorded was last week, because it's not just my personal awareness that happened. Things manifest around me. And I even recorded it a week ago uh, because one of the Zoom presentations I heard, because my mission's a little different than people. It's more like guardian, protect kind of thing. And I, she was talking about this and I started just, thinking about, you know, I'm like that. I don't put stuff in chat. This is all my second time to talk to someone really like this. And I'm silent. I've been the one that's hidden, been kept quiet in the dark for so long. I'm silent. And then I'm just going out to get fast food a couple of minutes from the house. And the song comes on the radio I never heard before called Silent Guardian. And I'm like, that's exactly what I was thinking at the time. And then I'm like, well, it's not just me. There's got to be others like me, guardian types out there. So, you know, it's got to be at least a few out there. Then I leave the fast food restaurant, turn on the radio again, start the car and turn on the radio again and come back. And the very next song starts playing. And it's on Pandora. It's not on my phone. It's guardians at the gate. And I'm just like, things like that happen all the time, almost daily with songs on the radio. It's very weird. Um, for example, when I talked about in the shower and my landscape barriers crashed down, um, one, there were two songs that came on the radio. One of them was the walls come crumbling down. And I'm just like, are you serious? And then the other one is call me, call me anytime by Blondie or somebody like that or something like that. I'm like, seriously, universe, it's okay. Okay. I'll call you anytime. <laughs> so that kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm laughing my head off here. <laughs> I know. Don't you love the way they can control songs on the radio? It's just amazing. You know, even when it's Pandora, it's amazing how they can do that. Yes. Oh, and even regular radio stations. Uh, mm -hmm. When putting these videos up, when I first started, I'm driving down the road. I'm like, I am crazy. I am crazy for putting this out. People are going to lock me up in institution. And the song that came on instantly right then was crazy on you by heart. I'm like, seriously, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> Oh, God, I know. I remember a few years back I went to a meeting of a whole lot of healers and we all went out to dinner and we had great conversation. I was driving home and every sign I looked at was answering the, the thoughts in my head. Like every, it was almost like it was so orchestrated and I just laughed all the way home. It's like I'm driving the car and I'd look up at a billboard and it would directly respond to what I was thinking, you know, driving home about the conversation that we'd been having. It was just every sign I looked at was... Yeah, life can be just a fantastic adventure when you allow it to be. Just like oh, you yeah. said at the beginning, Don, 
uh, I was talking to everything and things were talking back to me. You know, like you can talk to trees and mountains and sand and oceans, but you can also talk to, you know, radios and billboards. You know, everything's talking back to you if you're open to see it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. Guidance. Wow. Okay. So where do we go from here? Okay. Silent guardian, silent guardian. Yeah. So this is a question. So what do you think your mission, apart from being a silent guardian, why do you think you came to earth? Why do you think that aspect of you walked in? Is it just to be a silent witness, to be an observer, a guardian? What else do you think you're here to achieve and, and do for this world? I haven't even put that on a video. Um, I told Sheila Seppi the final piece of it uh, when she interviewed me for her new book, We the Experiencers. I told her that. And I briefly mentioned my mission kind of thing in that presentation you saw, but I didn't say what it was. So you're asking directly now. Um, and then I read it in J.J. Hertek's Keys of Enoch on the third to last page. And I'm like, that's me. That's... It's going to sound arrogant, and I apologize for that, but the way I've lived my life, I've always tried to help people in dealing with the two sides, the light, the dark, positive, negative, angels, demons, all this, learning about the two and trying to understand both sides. It's almost like what I have in my head and I've had for a while is what I want to do is something that I can't do until after I die. Um, I have to leave this place in order to act like a filter between light and dark. Um, and that's what I get. And that's the way I felt. And I read that in that book and I'm like, oh my God. I mean, it's out there. And I even told Sheila that before I read that in that book. And I'm like, that's that's what I do. I can feel it. I know how to deal with it. I know how to block them, block some of the dark from people. I know how to feel that part of things, the dark part of things, and how to change it, switch it, block it, you know, change it from like, we haven't gotten into this, but I know how to deal with it and not just for myself, but for others. So well, things like I, that. I get it. I think that that's what a lot of us are doing here, uh, like the legions of starseeds and walk-ins and light workers and difference makers are here to help this consciousness of this world shift out of fear into love and to unify, unify consciousness from separateness to uh, a loving unity. And we're mm -hmm. doing it in a myriad of ways. But uh, just like I said to you before, so many, even the star seeds, even the teachers that come into this world with a mission to do that, get caught, get stuck in the sticky matrix of this world, seduced by the illusion of fear and caught in the sort of third dimensional trap of struggling and, you know, surviving and trying to crawl up the success ladder and make more money exactly. and get more stuff and, exactly. you know, and be on Instagram, be an Instagram influencer, and, you know, self-importance. Yeah. They get so caught up in the me, the story of me. It gets such a, it can be such a trap. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And so I've had this discussion with the guides and they said, yeah, we sent millions and millions and millions of you because we knew that, uh, you know, a lot of you would get 
we get sort of trapped and stuck and yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the way I dealt with it um, is doing very small things to help people, even when I was so almost suicidal, depressed in teenagers. Right. And right after that too, it's like, I want to help, but even if I am lost, even if I'm permanently lost, um, it's okay. I can still help people, even if it's in a very small way, smiling at someone when they might need a smile, very small ways. And that's what I'll do. doesn't matter how lost I am. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, you're making me cry again. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's the way out, isn't it? Is to focus on love and focus on unity and not focus on you, focus on we. Move Move the focus from me to we. What can I do? How can I help? How can I contribute? I mean, that's that's the way out of the trap, of the jail, mm-hmm. the imprisonment of the ego, which says, what's in it for me? What do I get and out once of I, this? Once I started doing that, you really, I really, you could, I see beauty that way. Right. When you smile at someone just because they might need it and they smile back and maybe they've had a really bad day, but that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's gorgeous. Um, when you help someone in a small way and it really does help, that's beauty. That's mm-hmm. real beauty. Yeah. So your mission here is to transmute the darkness to light, basically. And and you said that you could do that more effectively out of the body than in the body. I don't know. I disagree. I think you're doing it well in the body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, they actually taught me how to do that here because um, seeing through walls and even into like what some people call the astral. I could see ghosts and things like that, lost souls. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned currently, I'm still just a novice. I don't know all the terminology or anything, but I did this right after, you know, started learning it after the walking experience mm-hmm. uh, in high school and college. So very young. And the, the ones that I really were attracted to, to help the most were the ones that were really lost. Like, the poltergeist, um, the damaging ones, uh, the really lost one, not just people stuck in a simple moment or something like that. It's really helping the dangerous ones. And that's the ones I get attracted to to help. So how do you help them? And and as I'm just thinking, you know, all that kind of poltergeist activity that that you experienced as a kid the haunted house was like your training ground that was like your education it's been that way my whole life yeah they've been training me yeah Mm -hmm. so how do you help uh an aspect a soul aspect that's stuck in that loop of illusion of negative you know fear how do you help them for me i think it's different than most people because when i've heard other people talk it's just answering questions and helping them understand things for me with really the, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, And I was very lonely through all this feeling very lonely and alone. And for these really dark ones, that's what I got when them was anger and hate and loneliness and all this. And I just didn't want them to be alone either in any of this. So not knowing what to do, what I did was probably dangerous. I don't know, but I actually, I had been learning how to grab them and hold them with light and energy. And I forced grabbed them. If they could move through time, 
I learned how to do that too, move through time with them so they couldn't get away and hold them. And then I pulled them into myself and I let them merge with me. I let them merge inside of me and you get memories and flashes and all this kind of stuff with you. You get the anger too and all that with it, but you have to overcome that and know that that's not the truth. The anger and the hate is the truth. And it's so I just would hold on and just hold on. It's like, you're not alone. You're loved, you know, everything else you always will be, you know, this is who you really are. And I would just hold that until it, what it felt like, what it seemed like in my mind, in my visions or whatever, it's like darkness, just melting away, pieces coming off, just disappearing until it was just them, the true part of them left, the, the positive true parts of them left. And in the past, I mentioned I had a near-death experience, and that was so overwhelming, so positive of source. I mean, it blew everything out of my mind out of the water. That's always been in my head and what it felt like. So what I would do is reach up to that source, and almost like a beam of light trying to touch it and remember what it's like. And this is true source and joy. This is beyond love. This was beyond love. This was perfect joy beyond a perfect joy. I mean... And it was almost like showing them the way home and like a path to go home. And then they would go out of me and go home. And that's, that's pretty personal. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so, uh, my, my mouth is gaping open. Like, <laughs> um, so that's what I would did do. you mention you had a near death experience? I don't remember you mentioning that. Did you mention that? When did you have a near death experience? I think I just said the words really quickly. When I had this oh, traumatic man. experience before, uh, the walk in, okay. my mem my memory is fragmented, and I did have a near death experience. Okay, um, it was amazing and overwhelming, wonderful, um, and I, I mentioned that on a couple of my videos what it was like. But I used that, and I can't, and the reason I think it happened during this traumatic experience because I think I was drowned, and after some other stuff happened to me, I think I was drowned, and then I came back you know, and the people were gone. And then I had to find my way home after that from way out in the woods kind of thing. Um, but I can't picture it down to a time when that near-death experience happened. So I think it happened then. And because I, my memory is so fragmented around there. So I don't know. But yeah, I did have a near-death experience. And what that felt like and what I saw, that's what I use to show them the way home. Wow. Wow, that's incredible. Well, Don, I've only ever heard of one other person doing that in all the 30 years I've been doing this, and that is Ethan Fox, is that taking that energy into themselves because so many really? people so many people are um, pushing negative energy away, you know, like they're pushing it away from people, they're pushing it away from themselves. Um, but I've only ever heard of one other person saying, send me all your negative energy because I don't feel it and I'm going to send it back to wherever it comes from. And that's Ethan Fox from Awaken Empowerment Network. I think they call themselves. Um, I don't yeah. know who that is. That's I'll, amazing. Even on my video, the, the choice, I say that. I send everything dark negative to me. Send it all to me. Yep. I'm good with that. I can handle that. Bring it. I Bring can't, it on. I've never heard anyone, it, just the one other person, because as I say, most people are like, like trying to protect themselves from the, you know, and, and get rid of it. But 
Yeah, there's, uh, but you understand that you've got that generator of light within you that knows how to, yes, to deal with it. So the, the, the mob are saying that's one way of doing it, but um, you don't have to do it that way, they're saying. But uh, you and your mob are amazing because you're asking <laughs> some great questions. Uh, they, interrupt cannot... <laughs> they interrupt me. Ethan Fox, uh, wow, somebody like me. Ethan wow. Fox, yeah. But wow, that's, yeah, amazing. So you do that with disincarnate en entities. What about with people, you know, incarnate physical people? When you're, um, when you come up against someone who's struggling, who's in depression, I mean, I know that you're not working as a healer or a teacher. You've said that you're like the undercover guardian, the undercover angel. I meet a lot of you guys. I tell you, I've met a lot of you lately, the undercover angels working in, you know, behind a, a desk at a car rental place and picking up the garbage bins. And then we have these awesome galactic conversations of like, whoa. Anyway, I've been meeting a lot of you undercover guardians lately. But are you doing it? deliberately consciously when you're around people that you can feel and see that are hurting like yes tell us about that even in high school uh, after the walk-in i did this and i do this all the time uh one example i'll give you is uh there was a kid a boy in high school no friends he wanted to make something out of his life but his parents were in drugs and everything else he couldn't get out of it he didn't know how to get out of it so i wanted to help um, and the only way he could trust me is if I went down that path, that dark drinking, alcohol, underage path and be with him. And I did that consciously, knowing I would have to go down so far to connect with him, to pull him back out. And I did that. And boy, I got in trouble that one time I got really drunk and shit up at night at home. But even my mom and parents the next day said, are you going to do that again? I said, yes, I would do that absolutely again because I knew consciously what I was doing and it was pulling him out. And he started feeling self-worth and wanted to make something out of himself, leave town, um, get a better life. And I hope it worked good enough because my parents couldn't understand and forbade me eventually from ever seeing him because of his parents. And I hope I helped enough and I've always done that. Even sometimes there have been times when even some people just sitting on a park bench, maybe I could feel something from them and I would just could sit down next to them. Sometimes you don't even have to say anything. They just need somebody next to them, you know, and just sit there with them. And so things like that, which I, I call that small stuff. Um, so I would do things like that. I do things like that. Well, if you call that small stuff, what do you call big stuff? Oh, oh no. <laughs> Darn. Oh, no. Come on, spill it. Spill it, Don. Spill this, the beans. This is getting into where I need medication for craziness, okay? Because it's almost like the big stuff I call big stuff is like being able to affect reality in planet-wide scales um even i even put a video out on this it's like pre-covid that everybody knew january of 2020 i mentioned it's in my video i put out there it's like i could sense that there's this this energy this dark that's building up over there on the northwest corner of the united states and that's where it hit first was over there i'm like i feel it building i can do something about this i can stop it right now 
or I can let it go. What am I going to do with this? It's like, I don't want to make this decision because I even put in my video, I said, if it goes, it's going to hurt and kill a lot of people. Um, it's going to do this. And so what I did, I tied it to a particular political event. And I said, if this happens, it will be released. And it happened and it went out. Um, so I can see these, it's like shadows moving on the planet in my head that I can see and feel. It's like, just like with the dark and the lost souls feeling that dark, I can feel it and see it. And it's like moving it and shifting it, and changing it to the way things happen. I know it sounds crazy, um, but there's been physical proof of this. Um, even as a teenager, um, shifting what I call shifting reality, I've only actually shifted history three times. Things that have happened like a new teenager, a new story come on about an airplane crash. And it's like, well, I'm weird. This kind of weird stuff happens. Let me try something that I've already heard about that's set in stone. See if I can change it. And so what it was is reaching out to reality, all of reality, my personal reality. And it's like trying to convince yourself that this didn't happen and really forcing yourself and convincing yourself and forcing the world around you to change, forcing yourself to change that this didn't happen. This actually didn't happen. The airplane didn't crash. Nobody died from this, blah, blah, blah. And then a few minutes later, it came on the news. That was a false reporting. The airplane didn't crash right then. It had happened years before. They just picked up an old flyer and reported it as current. Okay, it's a coincidence. Several years later, same thing happened. And I did the same exact thing. Same exact thing happened. False reporting on the news that it was an airplane crash. I'm like, okay, I'm going crazy. Now, I'm not doing that again because it took a lot of energy. It took a lot out of me to do that. The third and final time was my wife knows about me. And this was probably three to four years ago. Her brother died. My brother-in-law died in an accident. Um, and she realized during all the death stuff that, I mean, they were very close talking every day. We'd take him out to dinner every week. And, and then finding out that a month before he died, he turned all of his life beneficiary insurance, everything over to someone we had no idea. She'd never been to his house, anything else, lived in another state. Me and my wife, very, very upset. Um, she wasn't getting any money, none of that. They had always been each other's beneficiaries for everything. And it made her really upset. And she knows me and she asked, can you do something about this? I told her, no, this is what he wanted. Um, I don't want to interfere like that with someone's, what they wanted. And she kind of forced me to, and, you know, well, not forced me to, but she's my wife, you know? So uh, she kept talking. I'm like, fine, I'll try something small and try to do something. And then what happened is the actual text on the phone saying all this changed. The black and white text on the phone changed signatures on documents changed and she got enough money out of that pretty pretty good amount of money and we bought a new car sitting in our driveway right now out of it pay cash for it put some you know in in uh, investments and stuff that was the third time and i told her that's the last time i'm going to do that i will never do that again well, what sounds like you're doing don is that you're just you're jumping timelines you're jumping parallel realities you know, Corinne, I think you might be right in some cases because yeah. at, at one time I owned my vending company and the prices on, I'm the only one with the key. I'm the only employee. The prices on my vending machine would change and I have to go back and change them. And I'm like, one time I dropped a teacup out of the dishwasher and it never hit the ground. It just vanished. Um, <laughs> and ju just, just last year, 
um, in my four-wheeler at the homestead I work at, all the gloves in the back of my four-wheeler were left-handed except for one right-hand glove. I went back the next week, it was reversed. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, this is just life. You know, it's just... Sounds like, sounds like, them, sounds like they're messing with you. <laughs> you just go with it and laugh and deal with it. Well, like the weather. Uh, you see, I, I know that it sounds strange and stuff, but I've been talking about this stuff for a long time. Uh, I once um, showcased this guy who came to the Academy of Light, which was a, a group that was meeting once a week that I was involved in when I was in my 30s that was talking about a ports and um, you know what a port is? So I think and a, a, a port is not a not a port, but a, a, a port. So it's like things just appearing out of the universe. Like you're talking about the cup oh. dropping and then disappearing. So it's the opposite to that. It's like things appearing, like dropping and appearing. So recently at an IANS talk, Marcus, uh, one of the guys that was attending, the, I still haven't got him on the show yet because he's shy to share his experience. He's got a whole lot of photographs of things that have apported, like have appeared, and usually small crystals and stones and stuff. And as we were sitting there talking and looking at them, um, one dropped out of the ceiling and landed and landed next to me. And he said, Oh, there you go. That's for you. A little, a little green crystal. Oh. Yeah. So have you experienced things like that? Things like not dropping out of, well, not that I recall other things that happen like with uh, money, uh, things do appear for me that I need. It just appears. Uh, one time me and a friend were walking through like a fair and we were drinking beer, you know, right out of college and we ran out of money. He's like, we need money for another beer. We don't have any more money. I'm like, wait a minute. Just wait a minute. $5 will come to us. Just give me a second. And then I see a piece of paper flying through the air. I reach up and grab it, and it's 5 bucks. <laughs> that kind of thing. So you it didn't just for more. appear. Well, <laughs> I did get more. I got 80 bucks when the four-wheeler tires went out. So I found 80 bucks <laughs> just right in front of me. So I bought tires. But I don't ask for money because it's not about money or no. power. Yeah. Uh, I, I never... I never ask for money. I don't want money. It's almost like I feel like money's a corrupting influence. The more I want it, the worse it gets. Yeah. Um, the less I, I want it, I have the more had comes that to lesson. Me. I have had that lesson so many times. I cannot tell you how many times I have that <laughs> lesson. Every time I reach out to make money in some sort of investment way, I lose everything I have. It's almost like the universe is saying, stop looking for money. Like, just get on with it, Karen. Like that's again get, it's getting stuck in that sticky matrix of, you know, I'm going to find more money, and it's it's so seductive. You know, people are like, "Let me tell you about this investment. Let me, you know, put your money here, make money there." And every time I do it, Don, I lose money. It's kind of like the universe has given me a message. That's so that's why I walk through the life going. It's like I don't want money. I don't need money. With my dad, he's always a baker. It's always about money. I keep telling him money is not important to me. No, keep it out of my life. And if I need it. It'll show up. If I need but, it, it'll show up. And that's exactly what's happened to me. Yeah. Exactly. If I need it, it shows up. In Yeah. I was telling a friend about it the other day and they go, God, people give you money all the time. And I go, yeah, they do. <laughs> if I need it, it shows up. Beautiful. <laughs> I know. Every time I try and make money, I, I fail dismally. But if I need it, it shows up. Yeah. Wow. This is such a fascinating conversation. I don't want it to stop. What are, we've been going for about an hour and 15 minutes. Oh, you've got so many things to share with us. Um, and I've really enjoyed talking to you, Karen. I mean, it's really a pleasure talking been to a you. a blast. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose you've heard Mary Rodwell. I heard you mention Mary Rodwell, yeah. I think, this morning when I was listening to you talk at the Wish Alliance. Um, 
cosmic was it cosmic conversations or the conscious awakening series where wherever you were talking uh and you know she has little kids that say this sort of stuff to her all the time about the big stuff you know about creating universes and changing timelines and you know molding the energies of the universe and yeah so yeah when we understand who we are how big we are you do you can do this stuff but um you know i've had a couple of people on the show this year that have talked about cynthia sue larson check out her work she talks about parallel realities and shifting realities and i had a woman on the show lovely woman color therapy woman what was her name come back come to me where she said that she had this boyfriend she was in love with he broke up with her didn't want to have anything to do with her and she understood that she could shift timelines and so in her mind she did the same thing he's in love with you know she, she just thought about as she wanted it to be and that totally happened. He changed his mind, came back. They got married, married happily for 30 years. But, yeah, just shifting these timelines. If you're going down a timeline where stuff's not working out for you, maybe there's one where it is working out for you. Focus in that way. Focus on the positive. Accentuate the positive. And you can, yeah, you can choose a timeline that you want, more positive time. Yeah, timeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wonderful. Beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Don, this has been amazing. If people want to reach out to you, how can they find you? Do you want people to reach out to you or do you want to stay undercover? Um, people can, if they want, I, I have an email, D-H-U-D-N-A-L-L, the number eight at gmail.com. But I don't have any other social media other than that video site that you mentioned at the beginning. No website? Those are the only two things. No, no website, no Twitter, no Facebook, no Instagram, none of that kind of stuff. Um because I figured when I put this stuff out, I didn't know anybody like me existed and I wanted to stay hidden. So I used a very much smaller site thinking, you know, if I get lucky, one person will see it and I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh, so well, it's just, I uh, found you. I feel like, you know, we're in the time where people like you are coming out of their closets under their, out from under their undercover operations. And it's time now to talk, um, you know, Susie Hansen, who's a contactee, dual soul experiencer, she sees herself having a gray soul, human soul. Uh, um, She talked about the three waves of volunteers, which Dolores Cannon talked about. And the second wave are the communicators. They're the experiences that are coming out and they're usually older. You know, they're usually, they've had a lifetime of experiences. So they're usually in their 50s, 60s, 70s. They come out and start shit. They start communicating. And she said that this is a part of the puzzle piece of the great awakening. When people start to share their experiences, then people like you and other people feel like they're not alone and it's safe for them to share their experiences as well. Yeah. So, oh, that's awesome. Because I did feel alone for so long. And yeah. I hate for anyone else to feel alone like that. Yeah. Oh, Don, it's been so beautiful to chat with you today. Thank you, Thank so, you much. so much. Thank you so much. Whoa. <laughs> wow. How was that? I mean, God, there's so much more to Don's story than we had time for today. I thought I wouldn't go too long. Otherwise, we'd be here for five hours talking about all his experiences. As usual, he and I were swapping stories after I turned off the recording. He was telling me about he went through another depression when he was in his 40s and he was beaten up on himself and and then he was in driving a truck and the truck was, you know, moved over to the side of the road. He felt the truck being moved and I was telling him about the same thing. I was experiencing some negative thoughts and 
I felt someone take control of my car's going up a hill. I put the brakes on and they slammed me into the back of a, a back of another car. <laughs> it's like, clean up your thoughts, <laughs> get over it. And he said, what did he say? He said that on the radio after he had the experience of the truck being moved over to the side of the road, um, a song came on the radio, hold on, don't give up because he was feeling like it was all too hard. Yeah, it's amazing how much, you know, love and support we have for us in this world, really. We are never, ever alone, <laughs> ever, ever, ever alone. Although he has experienced a lot of loneliness in that he hasn't met physically any humans that are really like him, only online in various groups. Um, the guide said to him afterwards, you've got to stop saying, I'm alone, I'm alone, I'm alone, because that's what you're putting out there. That's what you're transmitting and that's what you're experiencing. Even though he's opening up now and he's finding people electronically, he said it'd be nice to meet someone physically. And he said, they said within the next 24 to 48 hours, when you stop thinking those thoughts and transmitting that thought and start feeling like there's lots of people out there and that you're not alone, you'll meet someone physically, which is what a lot of people say to me. I'm so alone in this. I'm so alone. But remember, your thoughts create your reality. You're not really alone. It's just that you're believing you're alone. And so that's what you get to experience. So when you say, my vibe attracts my tribe and you know there are people out there like me and I meet them all the time that's what you get to experience because that's what I believe and that's what I get to experience I am meeting people all the time especially the undercover ones the mechanic you know the lady behind the rent -a car desk the guys that are picking up the garbage bins taking garbage bins into the building you know just yeah everywhere everywhere I go and uh Something happens where this conversation gets sparked and we realize that we're all on the same page. <laughs> we are never alone. So when you have that thought, I'm alone, I'm alone, you could be living next door to somebody for 30 years who thinks like you and you'd never experience it because you're talking about the weather <laughs> or what you had for dinner. Yeah, they're right in front of you all the time. But when you're open, when you're open to this conversation, and you know you're not alone, you will experience a different reality. Yeah, you get to create it. You create it. You can change timelines. I loved him talking about changing timelines where something had happened and then he thought about it in a way where it's different and turns up. Yes, fascinating. We are powerful, right? We are powerful. Fascinating guy. I loved that conversation. I heard him speak, obviously, in the... Um, cosmic conversation or the conscious awakening conversation through the wish alliance with Sheila and he did a presentation and um, like he said it was his first time speaking so he was a little all over the shop he, he said a lot but um, yeah it's hard it's hard to, to share your experiences for the first time when you've never done that uh, so um, I was looking forward to sort of directing his conversation more today and, and quizzing him like going down because he said, yeah, that happened and you skip over it and you don't really go into it. And then you've got a million questions like, how did that happen? Where did that happen? Um, so I was looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. It was Yeah, beautiful, beautiful conversation with Don. Amazing man. Amazing man. Really beautiful man. Anyway. All right. I'll get him into the inner sanctum. You can come and meet him and quiz him. I asked him if he wanted to go on other podcast shows and he goes, oh, you know. Not really. It's not It's not something that he's like desperate to do. But uh, I said when he does, I'll, I'll give him some other podcast shows if he wants to share his experiences more. Um, yeah, beautiful. 
Well, I'm going to go have some breakfast and lunch, nearly lunchtime now, and uh, I'll see you all soon. I'm not sure who's coming in in September. Still haven't heard back from Marina. We'll see. She might come in, come in, but I've got some other people teed up if she doesn't respond to my email. Um, and uh, we're going to have another galactic conversation. Kat's coming to say hello, as usual. <laughs> jumps on me. But um, yeah, I'm online once a month uh, sharing my stories and teaching deliberate creation. It's now on the New Galactic Alliance website. Sheila has changed the name from the Wish Alliance to the Galactic Alliance. And she's got some groups there that you can join. One of them is mine called Psychic Awareness and Deliberate Creation. Once a month, the first Sunday, Saturday, the first weekend of the month, uh, you can come and chat about that. It is free or by donation. And then once a month, I invite a guest teacher to come and share their stories as well. Sheila's still doing it twice a week with the conscious awakening conversations and the cosmic conversations. She's a trooper. And um, yeah, so you can join those conversations. They're 6 and 7 p.m. Mountain Time on Mondays and Thursdays, which is our Tuesdays and Fridays in this part of the world in the middle of the morning, which is a good time for me sometimes. I'm not working to seeing a client or doing a show. All right. Love you all big time and remember to check out the book Awakened by Death if you haven't already and I'll see you again soon. Bye for now. <laughs>